Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Well, we have made it to the last session of our series of four sermons on the Lord's Prayer. Um, it's been an exciting journey as God's people, as we have missioned through the Lord's Prayer. Uh, I hope that you have found this series to be as meaningful as I have. You know, the Bible contains 150 different patterns of prayer, of praise and of petition. Most of them are, of course, are in the book of Psalms. But throughout all of the Bible, we discover so many different ways that we can access our Father in the control room. But seriously, within these 57 words in Greek in the Lord's Prayer, we have found a wonderful key to understanding our mission as God's people. Your mission as God's people in your local church right here in your community. So can I begin with a quick summary of what we discovered so far? On the first Sunday, we looked at the context of the Lord's Prayer. Remember when the disciples asked Jesus, Lord, teach us to pray. They weren't asking him to overthrow everything their religion and culture had taught them up to that point, but rather they were asking him to show a new way to access God, a new way to relate to God. So Jesus pointed him to this new model that seeks to bring God's design in heaven and on earth together. It's another way of saying to bring about his kingdom. And we said that the heart of the Lord's Prayer is that little line right in the middle on earth as it is in heaven. The second Sunday, we looked at the first three petitions or requests of the Lord's Prayer. Hallowed be your name. Or may your name, your whole person, be shown to be holy on earth just as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come. Your design or your intention for the cosmos, Lord. And the third petition in that first set was your will be done. I used these three words to describe these three petitions. Worship. Your name be holy. Submission, your kingdom come. And purpose or alignment, your will be done. The third week, we talked about three new words with three new petitions or requests. In the second half of the Lord's Prayer, provision, give us our daily bread. Pardon, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And protection, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So today I want to share a couple of concluding thoughts with you. And then I'd like to lead you in a spiritual exercise, if I can. So, when we say the Lord's Prayer, we typically end it with a doxology. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory. Amen. These words aren't in the New Testament. They aren't in the Matthew version or in the Luke version of the Lord's, Lord's Prayer. We all know what a doxology is, I hope. You know, those beautiful words that mean words of glory. And they are typically shared in most churches at the end of a service. The most common doxology is, Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him all creatures here below. Praise him above ye heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. That doxology goes back to the 17th century. And it is a beautiful way to bring our thoughts all together. So the Lord's Prayer ends with these beautiful words. For thine is the kingdom, the 
power and the glory. Amen. As I said, while these words weren't likely part of the original text in the New Testament, they were added much later. They are a perfect summary of what God's design or God's business is in the world. His desire and our deepest desire should also be to ensure that all glory and all power and all honor go back to him. That is the mission of the church. It isn't that a PS added on after the letter is finished. It's not a little summary paragraph after everything is done. It's not a caboose on a train. Shouldn't all of our life, all of our deepest longings be glory, power, and honor? This is what it means to live the Lord's Prayer. Lord, whatever happens, bread or no bread, debt or no debts, trials and tests and even encounters we have with Satan, you alone, to you alone, is the power, the honor, and the glory. These words resonate with so many other prayers in the Bible. Most of them end with a short hymn-like verse that praises the glory of God. That's why this final line of the Lord's Prayer is, in fact, so important. It may have been borrowed from King David's prayer of exaltation to God at Solomon's coronation. In 1 Chronicles 29, verses 4 to 19, we have this wonderful prayer that ends with this. Thine, O Lord, is the greatness, the power, and the glory, and the victory, and the majesty. Thine is the kingdom, O Lord, and thou art exalted as head over all things. Personally, I really love the fact that the Lord's Prayer starts with praise, hallowed be thy name, and it ends with praise. Thine be the kingdom, the power, and the glory. Prayer and praise are, according to J.I. Packer, like two wings of a bird. When both are working, you soar. When one is broken, you are in a nosedive. So we bracket the Lord's Prayer with praise, and we deal with God's work in our lives only when he is the framework of all things that we are doing. Secondly, what do we get when we practice the discipline of praying the Lord's Prayer? What is it we acquire? Well, let me tell you a story. A short while ago, I attended a global conference for mission leaders. It was online, of course, during COVID, so we got to share with about 750 leaders from around the world. By simply simply by virtue of the fact that I had registered for the conference. Because I registered, I had unlimited access to dozens of workshops and forums and exchanges and chats and seminars and main stage events. Why? Because I was part of a community. I got full access. I'll tell you another story that I like. This one comes from a famous African-American preacher in Dallas, Texas, named Tony Evans. He tells his story how once he was with a group of inner city youth from Dallas, and he took them to see the Dallas Cowboys. And because he was the official chaplain of the Dallas Cowboys, he had special privileges. So when he drove the van with the pastor and the young people, and they pulled up into the VIP parking lot, all the kids said, oh man, we're going to get in all kinds of trouble if we park here in this parking lot. And Tony Evans said, hey, don't worry about it, guys. You can park here because you're with me. And then they went through the special employees and staff entrance marked VIP instead of waiting in a long queue to get into the stadium. And they thought, oh man, we're going to get caught and we're going to be in trouble. And Tony Evans said, don't worry about it, fellas. You can enter because you're with me. And they went up into the stadium and they sat in this luxury box for VIPs. And all the kids were afraid and Tony Evans said, don't worry about it, guys. You can sit here because you're with me. And on and on and on that went. Free food and free programs, free drinks, even signatures from the players of the Dallas Cowboys. 
And every time, whenever the kids would wonder if they were going to get in trouble, Tony Evans said, don't worry about it, fellas. You can do this because you're with me. Because these young people had a relationship with Tony Evans, they had unlimited access to the stadium where the Dallas Cowboys played. I like to think of the Lord's Prayer as a little bit like that for you and me. In the Lord's Prayer, we have access to God in the control room. We get to speak directly with our Father in heaven. Imagine we get the same access to God, the Father, that Jesus, his only son, had. If any of you ever tried to phone Justin Trudeau or Queen Elizabeth or, gosh, even Doug Ford today on the phone, you wouldn't get to speak to him in person or her to him in person today. But in the Lord's Prayer, you get to speak to the king of the entire cosmos. You have access. The doors are open wide for us. We're invited in. Do you remember that quote I shared in our very first message? A question, really. One author I read says it this way. What king would ever allow someone to bother them in their sleep at 3 a.m. in the morning to ask for a glass of water? Well, the answer is, it's the kind of king who is a father of the child who asks. Jesus gives God, gives us access to God, Yahweh, call him whatever name comes to your mind. We have access we have access to him, and this brings us comfort. He calls us his father, not just God, the fa- not just Jesus' father, our father. The second thing the Lord's Prayer gives us is comfort. We get this overwhelming sense of peace and comfort that no matter how insignificant your request is, no matter how routine or mundane it may feel, The Lord's Prayer reminds us that we can go ahead and put it before the King. He already knows what we need. This is comfort. This is relief. Yes, you can pray for your daily bread. You can pray for the sick to be healed. You can pray that he will bring comfort and relief because he cares. We can pray for bereaved families. And we can pray for tough situations at work. We can pray for exams coming up in school. You can pray for our children who are struggling, sometimes with heartbreaking situations. We can pray that healing would come to broken communities, that things would go well. We can pray for our needs and the needs of others. We can pray for a sunny day for a wedding, and we can pray for rain for farmers. We can pray for a parking spot, and we can pray for a COVID vaccine, and we can pray for the outcome of an election. And it brings us comfort to know that our Father in the control room knows what is best. That's why this line Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven is so crucial. Thirdly, the Lord's Prayer brings us boldness. Do you remember last week when I said that the petitions are in the imperative in that third, in that second set of petitions? Or the command form? This is the verb form we use when we tell our kids not to touch the stove or our employees to do something or the military leader who tells his or her soldiers what to do. Daryl Johnson says that Jesus is teaching us that in the Lord's Prayer, we as his adopted children can walk right into the headquarters of heaven and speak that boldly to the Master. Because we are polite, we usually preface our prayers by saying, Dear Lord, please bless. Or Heavenly Father, we humbly ask you to please do such and such. But the word please doesn't appear in the Lord's Prayer. And here is the reason why. Because only God can do what we are asking him to do. We aren't praying, Lord, let us hallow your name or allow us to bring your kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, only you can do these things. This is your business, not mine. 
we are coming alongside God in his mission. And we can boldly say this to God. The Lord's Prayer brings us revelation. What do we learn about God in the Lord's Prayer? We learn who he is and what he is about. One author I read says that the Lord's Prayer teaches us more about God the Father than any other words of Jesus. We learn he is a father. We learn he is in heaven, but not far away. We learn that he is right near and close to us, that he is at hand, that he intersects with us in the most routine ways, that he cares about his holiness, his name, his reputation, his character. His character is consistent with his intentions. We learn he is a king, that he reigns, he is sovereign, which means he does what he wants and when he wants, but he also has a plan. And that plan is good and perfect. We learn that he is a caregiver. He is the very first responder, the very, very frontline worker. He is the provider and the protector. I could go on and on and on. In the Lord's Prayer, Jesus reveals to us that he knows about his Father. And this becomes a lesson for us as we journey into deeper fellowship and intimacy with God. When I began to prepare this series of messages, I wanted to call it Living the Lord's Prayer. But as I studied the passage more and more, I decided to call it missioning through the Lord's Prayer because it guides us in our engagement with the whole of life and with others. It serves as a template for us and for the work of the church and the world. As we are a gathered people in worship, we submit and to a God who provides, and then we become a sent people who are called to go and to tell others to come and enter into this reality, the reality of this prayer, to experience the gift of accessing our Heavenly Father in the control room. So often when we say it, either at our bedside or at a dinner table, maybe here in church or during our devotions, we fail to pause and listen to the words. We're going to shift our attention right now to actually praying the Lord's Prayer slightly differently than what you're used to. And for those of us in the Western world, we're not going to use the old English words that are so woven into our conscience. We're going to hear it in a different tone. So here's what I'm going to do. In a moment, I'm going to start playing some music softly, quietly. And I'm going to say the words of the Lord's Prayer from a different rendition, one from Dallas Willard. And as I do this, the words will appear on your screen. And between each phrase, I will pause and allow you to quietly meditate. Please make sure your mics are muted. Allow you to just add your own voice to the prayer and meditate on the lines one by one. Dear Father, always near us. May your name be treasured and loved. May your rule be completed in us. May your desires and purposes be done here on earth 
in the same way it is done in heaven. Give us today the things we need today. Forgive us our sins and the impositions we have put on you. As we forgive all who in any way offend us. Please don't put us through trials. Deliver us from everything bad. Because you are the one in charge. And you have all the power and the glory. All is yours forever. is just the way we want it. In his book, The Lord and His Prayer, N.T. Wright wrote this wonderful concluding word. He said, this is the prayer of mission and commission. If Jesus is the true king of the world, whose kingdom redefines power and glory so that they are seen in a manger, on a cross, and in a garden, then to pray this prayer is to pray that this kingdom, this power, and this glory will be seen in all the world. It is not enough although it is an essential starting point, that we submit our own lives to God's alternative kingdom vision. We must pray and work for this vision to come into reality within the rulers of this world, being confronted with the claims of the one rightful king. If the church isn't prepared to subvert the kingdoms of this world to the kingdom of God, then the honest thing would be to give up praying this prayer altogether, especially its final doxology. Earlier I said that the Lord's Prayer gives us access and comfort, revelation and boldness. And I want to end with one last gift of the Lord's Prayer. It gives us connection to the entire global family of God throughout all the centuries as together we say the Lord's Prayer in our many languages and the means of prayer that we use in small house churches in China, in huts in Papua New Guinea, in majestic cathedrals in Europe, in secret places in Yemen and in Somalia, in the barrios of Sao Paulo, Brazil, in mega churches in Texas, and in old clapboard churches on the prairies. God's people gather together regularly, and in most cases, they join the global family of Christ followers in worship, submission, and alignment, in provision, in pardon, and protection, and in a common voice, 
though in over 6,000 different languages, we say this prayer. So let us conclude our series by hearing our global family saying the Lord's Prayer in their tongue. And I invite you to feel free to add to it with whatever language is your heart language. Let us hear once again the words of the Lord's Prayer. Ama namin sumasa langit ka. Yan di surga. Katong nong swa sanctifie. Sea tu nombre. Yutong hang joy tin sang. Kotupeleo chakula che tu chakilasiko. Go hai pen pai yang nan nai pendin lo. Vim hema so of erden. Achanodui epimyago lodomuba. Aur jese ham. Nepro. Go kotuka and yraba kotuka lira naya. Al mulka wa kuwata. Inwe kuwatu. Rong yao. Champing. Nivi ayunnebe. Amen. Amen. Amun. Amen. 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 Reveriaho. Amen. 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 word uh, once again and great reminder of uh, what the Lord's Prayer is all about this morning. As we close uh, and respond to this message, we're going to sing what a friend we have in Jesus. Once again, a, a reminder of the connection we have with the Lord in prayer. So if, uh, if you are able, would you stand once again with us as we uh, sing what a friend we have in Jesus. in Jesus all our sins and griefs to bear what a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer oh what peace we often forfeit oh what needless pain we bear all because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Have we trials and temptations? Is there trouble anywhere? We should never be discouraged. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Can we find a friend so Jesus knows our every weakness. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Are we weak and heavy laden, cumbered with the load of care? Precious
the Savior still our refuge. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Do thy friends despise, forsake thee. Take it to the Lord in prayer. In his arms he'll take and shield thee. Thou wilt find the solace He'll take and shield thee. Thou wilt find a solace there. Amen. I want to thank you all for joining us in our service of worship here together today. And now receive the Lord's blessing. This is from 2 Thessalonians 2. May our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father who loved us and by his grace gave us eternal encouragement and good hope, encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good deed and word. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. God bless.